Welcome to another edition of Photo Walking with Colin. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not taking photos and I'm not walking. But I wanted to... I have not been able to find much time to record uh, a podcast. And um, it's been freezing here. We're approaching February in Pennsylvania and that's typically the coldest time. So when the next time I'll be out walking and taking photos, I don't know. I have, however, recorded many episodes that, as I've said in previous episodes, that will never see the light of day, um, which is a good uh, kind of exercise for me. It's kind of cathartic for me to um, record some of my thoughts. I sometimes listen to them back, but not not very often. And um, they just never make it out because I know that the feeling of the episode wasn't very good and I'm not here to tick a box that I'm recording an episode every week or anything like that. I don't have any advertising or anything like that that I care about. So I can produce an episode whenever I want. I can choose to publish an episode uh, if I want to, and I can choose to delete it if I want to also. So I'm happy about that. But I wanted to record this one because... I, I wanted to record some of the mistakes I've made uh, in photography, and I know so often YouTube videos, uh, audio podcasts, blog posts, what have you, um, are focused generally on the positive. I mean, not everybody. There's people out there that are willing to share when they make a mistake. A lot of times they'll share a, mis- a mistake when they, they burned a lot of money. <laughs> Um, but I just wanted to record a couple of the mistakes that I've made and everyone that was listening to this or has re- or reads my blog knows that I'm, I'm still in the learn. I'll be in the learning phase for another couple of decades, but, uh, so, so making mistakes is still well within my right, I suppose, but I don't think anybody's going to fault me for that. But, um, anywho, let's, let's get to a couple of them. Um, and some of them are, are not my fault, but they could be, I guess. Uh, I, I say they're out of my control, but I don't know. Maybe they weren't out of my control. So uh, a few months ago, I guess now, it was sometime, maybe in, maybe in December. I don't know exactly what day it was. But um, Eliza and I went for a drive to just see the, you know, it was a nice day. See the countryside a little bit. Get out of the house because we're in quarantine um, still since March, uh, for the most part, you know, I go to work every day, like I'm driving to work right now, but, um, other than that, we're, we're really not doing anything. So, uh, driving to just see some new, new places and not getting out of the car much besides taking some photos, but driving around. So we did that and I brought my Canon AE1, which is a 30 for, you know, Everybody knows what that is, I guess. But for a 35 millimeter film camera that uh, is manual, pretty much everything. It does have a light meter in it, but it's manual focus and manual film advance. Well, I loaded the... um, I'm trying to think exactly how this went down. So I loaded the film when we got to our first location, I believe. And... When I did that, 
something about the way the winder was working, the, the film advance lever was working, um, just didn't feel quite right, but I don't have decades of experience with this, with this camera, just, you know, a year. So I kind of dismissed it and I regrettably, well, I should have, obviously I shouldn't have, uh, but I'm trying to figure out exactly it, it like advanced a little too easily. If that's a way I can put it. So we shoot all day, you know, we're driving miles and miles. We go all the way up to New York state, you know, and, and drive down a different way. And so, I don't know, better part of four or five hours of, of being out there. And, uh, and then I took that same roll, uh, cause I don't know how many shots I took that day on there, but I took that same roll and I went for a hike. Uh, and took some pictures uh, of a waterfall with it on a tripod, all set up perfectly. Um, just really, I think I would have had at least a few really nice images that I could have came home with. And I developed the film a few weeks later, or a week later maybe, <clears throat> and it was all of the exposures, so 30 plus exposures were on one frame. So the film was never advancing. And anybody that has a, a film camera that, especially those that have manual advance will probably have had this happen to them where the film literally just didn't advance and you shot, you exposed all of your uh, images on one frame. And I gotta say, it's very disheartening, you know, when that something like that happens. Uh, not only the time, which is one element, not only the expense, which is another element, not the, not only the effort in developing it yourself, because obviously I have to mix the chemicals and all of that and take the time to do that in my sink and everything. Um, so all of that is like, oh man, I did all that effort. I got nothing. But then there's the, the photos are gone. Um, that is disheartening as well. Like that's probably, that's probably bigger uh, in this instance, it's probably not, but man, if it was like, I don't know, uh, a special family event or something, I would, you know, or whatever, something that you literally can't recapture. I could always go back to that waterfall, you know, uh, within, you know, you know, within a realm of possibility that I could recreate some of the photos I took, but there are a few on there that I couldn't. And if it was a roll full of things that were un, like unable to be recreated, ooh, I would have been very upset. But so there was that mistake, and you know the sprockets on the camera are shallow, and so when you do put it in there, you have to be more careful. And I'm just going to be more careful going forward. I'm sure it will happen again. I hope there's some way for me to acknowledge that when I have that feeling that it's not advancing. Um, although it didn't feel like that the rest of the day, it wasn't like every time I moved that lever, I thought to myself, oh man, I, I'm not advancing the film here, but I just kept going. It was only like the first time. And I was like, oh, that felt a little weird. What was that? And then it just didn't, you know, do it. So that was one mistake. Um, you know, and it's, it's probably very stupid of me to calculate the expense, but if I did, if I were to calculate the expense, you know, you're looking at a six or seven dollar roll of film. You're looking at, you know, I don't know, a few dollars worth of developer. Um, and then all that time, you know, so anyway, 
maybe it was $10 or more uh, put towards a, a life lesson that maybe I won't happen again. However, I had it happen again. Different camera, color film this time, um, and it was, and it's a camera that auto advances the film, so presumably it wasn't me. And usually a camera that auto advances the film will have an error message come up when the film is not advancing. Like it, it has enough smarts in it to know, you know, you're not advancing the film. So I'm not sure at all what happened here, but, um, I used the Canon Rebel G, which is a very capable 35 millimeter automatic focus, great lenses, uh, automatic, uh, film advance, um, if, if somebody was getting into 35 millimeter and it was their first camera, I highly recommend that camera. Uh, just a, a great all around lightweight plastic, uh, camera that you can bring literally anywhere and you'd probably get decent shots with it all the time. Has a flash built in, so on and so forth. And, um, I think it has a flash built in. I'm saying that out loud now and I'm not positive about that, but I think it does. And so... I, it should be foolproof, right? Well, color film. Uh, I shot it weeks ago, uh, maybe maybe even months ago. I, I don't write. I should write down when I finish a roll. But I usually like to wait until my color film, until I have at least a few rolls of color film, because um, with color film and I develop it myself, I have to bring the te- the. I have to bring the. Um chemicals up to temperature and that's a whole other kind of set of effort and so because of that I like to wait until I can batch do these in batches you know if I'm going to bring all of my chemicals up to 104 degrees um, I might as well do more than one roll uh, if that makes I don't know if that makes any sense but that's what I do so um, develop that this had I, I don't I don't exactly remember everything that I shot on it I did some portrait uh, experiments with a long lens. I did, uh, I did a few different things. I, I honestly cannot remember what's on there, which is just, or what was on there, I should say, because I developed it, and uh, the entire roll was perfectly clear. And it was really weird because the lead strip, which is the strip that you stretch across the back of your camera when you, uh, when you first put it in the camera, you stretch it across the back of the camera and then you close the back. Well, that whole entire lead strip, those few frames that you've stretched across the back of the camera, there's no question it definitely hit light because, um, you know, you, you exposed it just by stretching it across the back of the camera. So even if the film did not move one inch that entire lead strip should have, should be fully exposed. And in this case, the entire strip is perfectly clear. So that to me smells of something completely different that went wrong. Um, my chemicals are bad or old, uh, even though they're, they're not used all that much. I got to say, I don't know how many, I, uh, how many rolls of film that I developed with, uh, this batch of chemicals. Um, I think this is the Cinestill C41 bath. Um, 
So I'm gonna have to do a little bit of research to see what could possibly happen. It could be that I had the temperature too high uh, and I wasn't paying cl- close enough attention. I don't believe that's to be the case. Um, I would think that if that was the case, it would it would result in a, in something different than what I see. Um, I don't think it would result in com- you know completely removing the emulsion from the if that's what it did. That's another thing I guess I could look into is why is that clear? Uh, so anyway, so there goes you know thirty six frames. No idea what was on it. Um, presumably there were you know a mix of tests and a mix of probably photos that I wish I had. Um, I'm probably better off not remembering what was on there. So that was in within a span of maybe three weeks that I lost 72 frames, completely lost them, gone to the world. And it does make you question whether, I mean, it, I've heard almost every other film photographer say this, that they feel like bagging the whole thing. You know, it makes me question whether or not I should even, use film. Um, it makes me question about what I want to do photography sometimes, you know, and I've heard other people say that too. So it's not like a, a big surprise, that feeling of literally saying that nothing I create is worth anything and that I don't want to do this anymore and it's not worth the effort. And why do I even get into this? Let me pick another hobby. Um, that feeling comes up in the very best photographers in the world. And so what I've done to kind of mitigate against that, well, there goes a guy running red light. It's beautiful. Isn't it? Um, what I do to kind of mitigate against that feeling is just knowing that everyone else has that feeling and that it's going to pass and that inspiration will strike again. So yeah, I was down to a degree when, when I blew it, maybe I'm dumb. Maybe I'm the one that made the mistake and I ruined, you know, some film, uh, but inspiration will strike again. The sun's going to shine tomorrow. You know, spring is coming. My flowers are going to bloom and I'm going to take pictures of those. So I just kind of ride that wave whether the wave is on its way up or on its way down, you just got to ride it. Um, so that's two rolls of film in the dark room. Uh, I mean, the mistakes are just the galore. I would say the dark room is a controlled science lab. I mean, as much as your as developing film is, is, you know, science and you can easily ruin it by, you know, not following the directions closely. That is possible. But that's only like two or three steps. You know, you, uh, especially with black and white. I mean, you, you pre-soak your film for a couple seconds. If you feel like it, you don't even have to. You uh, mix the black and white chemicals at room temperature and you, uh, well, you don't mix them at room temperature, but you use them at room temperature. You process that for, you know, six and a half minutes and then you dump that back into the thing and then you rinse and then you do the final rinse and you fix and you're done. I mean, it's, it's like three steps for black and white, and it's like four, four steps for, for color. Um, anybody that says you can't do color at home is full of baloney, um, which I think I also said on this podcast in the past. I saw so many YouTube videos that says like, oh, you know, you can't do, you know, you can do black and white, but you can't do color at home. I, I don't get that at all. Um, anyway, now if I was shooting professionally and every single shot had to come out perfect because I'm getting paid and so on and so forth, then would I use a lab? Maybe. Uh, Very likely, I guess. So anyway, back to the dark room. The dark room is far more finicky. Um, You leave a light on at the wrong moment and you, you, you blow some paper. You leave 
a box out or open of paper and you might blow a hundred dollars in, in an instant. Um, so yeah, you have to be much more careful. I have not done the box thing yet, but I did get really close the other day. Um, I was holding a pack of eight by 10 photo paper unexposed, which means that if I let any light hit it whatsoever, and I'm holding like a stack of this stuff, if I let any light hit it, uh, it's done, you know, and I left my enlarger in focus mode. So if anybody's ever been in the dark room, you understand what that means. And enlargers do leak light out the sides to a degree. And I was standing right next to the enlarger and I have it in focus mode, which means it's filling the room with the, you know, some light and it's that ambient, ambient light is coming out of the side of the enlarger. And I have a pack of eight by 10 photo paper, you know, maybe a hundred sheets in my hand. Um, so I'm not exactly sure how much money that is, maybe 50 bucks, 60 bucks. I don't know. But I was like, my heart skipped a beat, not even just for the money, but my heart skipped a beat because I'm like, oh man, I just ruin these sheets and I won't know until I, so I tried a few of the sheets by picking from the middle and the top and the bottom and stuff just to see if I, you know, blew it. And, and so far I don't think I did, but man, that was, I have blown a lot of paper though. Um, just as an example, here's another example. So the aperture when you're doing focus is you open it as wide as it'll go, give you as much light to see the uh, image as possible. And then typically you'll, you'll stop down the, the lens to, um, to before you make your print. Well, once in a while, I'll forget to stop it down. So I'm hitting the paper with a fully open lens for 30 seconds or 15 seconds. And anybody that's been in the dark room knows that I just made a black piece of paper, essentially. Um, I've done that. I've done stupid things where I'm like, oh, let me record a video for Instagram. And I turn on my camera, which usually is okay. I can usually get away with that. Um, but one time my camera was in a mode that it would automatically turn the flashlight on. Wham! I, you know, a great print that I just made, spent however much time on, and I hit it with my, with full blast, you know, um, uh, light from, from a wide open aperture. So there, you know... I consider all of this though, uh, there is one, I guess, nice thing. I wanted to share some of these mistakes because not every, every shot is perfect. Not every experience is perfect. And certainly not every person is perfect, but, um, there is a a silver lining in my attitude at least is if I paid for an education, um, I would go to a school, some classes, maybe even college for photography or something. And I would be spending an awful lot of money for that education and it would probably be worth it. But I think of all of these expenditures, gear, experiences, uh, material, chemicals, so on and so forth. I consider all of that, um, my cost of my education. Um, I would like to reduce, I mean, having two in a row really stabs you pretty good. Having two big mistakes like the rolls of film. Um, but I, I, I'm going to work very hard to eliminate some of those issues 
it's going to force me to slow down even more, especially in things like the dark room, to have a better system, a cleaner environment, um, a more steady process, uh, all of those things. Um, but I still want to have fun. I still don't want to count the pennies because I really think uh, it is just my the cost of my education. And so the amount of money I've probably total spent on all of this in, let's see, so November of 2019 to January of 2021, so a year in two and a half months or something like that, um, you know, it's in the low thousands of dollars, very low thousands of dollars that I've spent total on, on all of this stuff, I think. Uh, cameras, paper, film, chemicals, because um, I've not bought an expensive camera yet, although I'm eyeing one up now. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, that's cheap. I have to keep things in perspective. If I went to college or if I did a class, even one, I've paid less than I would pay for one online class. You know, there are online classes that are $1,000, $2,000 for a decent course. And I haven't even spent that yet. And I've got a year's worth of education. I probably would get a lot more education out of a class. Don't get me wrong. But anyway, uh, thank you for listening. This has been another edition of Photo Walking with Colin. Hopefully the next one will have some actual photographs attached to it. But uh, if you're out there and you're feeling down or if you just made a mistake, uh, if you feel like you shouldn't be a photographer or that you shouldn't be shooting film or whatever it is that your current you know, artistic pleasure is, stick with it. Push through it. Uh, the sun's going to come up tomorrow and your creativity will spark again.